Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Today we're going to conclude on our sermon series, Isaiah and Cap. And we've been looking through the whole book of Isaiah. And so I want to start off with a with an introduction, just giving us kind of a little bit of a, a, a look over what we have done the last couple of weeks. Um, but really, just before we start, can we just uh, bow our heads and just for a moment, just reflecting on the goodness of God. Oh Lord, we come today. And Lord, we pray that your word will touch our hearts. Father, I pray that worship doesn't end with song. Worship doesn't end with our giving. Worship is an everyday thing of us obeying you and living our lives in honor of you. Lord, we pray that your word will touch our hearts, that it will move us, that it will bring us up, Father, to to become more obedient and to respond to you, Jesus, out of love and gratitude for what you have done for us. Oh, Lord, you're magnificent. You're wonderful. Lord, lead and guide us as we look at your word today. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. So, we're going to read quite... That's not going to work. There we go. <laughs> so we're going to read quite a piece of scripture this morning. We're going to look at Isaiah 60. So you can, you can page there before we, but before we get there, I, I just love these guys. I don't know if you have come across them. It's called the Bible Project. And man, have they done such a phenomenal job in describing to us what the book of Isaiah is all about. Right? And, and, and when I look at this, I am always, I'm fascinated and this helps us to understand the book of Isaiah and what we have looked over the last eight weeks, right? And I, I think that the main message of Isaiah is about judgment and hope and uh, just how God will restore Israel. You know, how He will restore Jerusalem. Let me rather say that. Um, the book basically covered the serving servant king, the covenant family of all nations, hope, uh, and a renewed creation. And most schoolers are um, in agreement that this book is basically divided into two parts. The first part covers Israel or Jerusalem, uh, cover Israel before exile, and then the second part of the book, that is from 40 to 66, cover the exile period. And so we ask ourselves, when we read Isaiah 60, it sounds like Isaiah is at word here. It sounds like Isaiah is speaking in exile, but he has died about 150 years before that. So who is speaking right here in exile to Jerusalem, to the Israelites? Uh, so as we understand from Isaiah 6, uh, sorry, sorry, Isaiah 8, um, God instructed Isaiah to write down these prophecies and hand it to his disciples. And so it has been passed on from disciples to disciples, and now they're in exile. 
Israel sits in exile. And at this moment, it is it's basically where we are at uh, between 40 and 48. They sit in exile and they're complaining. And they say, but God has forsaken us. And they, and they are groaning and moaning. And uh, then we see the servant of the Lord appear on the scene. And suddenly the, the servant has appeared and some have accepted his message, others have rejected him. We saw that the servant of the Lord has been, has been killed and then suddenly he arrives again on the scene. And this is where we're getting to Isaiah 60 where the servant of the Lord is making an announcement. And he has bringing new hope to these Israelites that sits in exile. And man, it is just such an exciting story for me, or such a beautiful story about Israel who sits in exile, who complains and feel like they a burned stump that we picked up in Isaiah 6, where God says He will cut down this tree, and only a tenth of a stump will stay, and He will burn it again. But then something that He also says in Isaiah 6 is that there will be new life, a new seed, a holy seed will come from the stump. And it is such a beautiful story, actually being described in Isaiah 6 of what Isaiah is all about. It is God's judgment coming against Israel. It's a coming against all of the nations of the world, and God starts birthing something new. Man, I, I'm excited. As we're thinking about spring, as we're thinking about new life, man, my wife and myself, we've been away for a week, and uh, just before we left, we have this big oaks around our property in our complex. And when we left, there was no leaf on those trees. Man, we've been away for a week. When we came back, it's just all of this new leaves starting to pop out. And it's like, man, can that happen in a week? Is that possible? And it's just like to see those new life just inspires springs and makes us excited. And as we also just celebrating from, from seasons that's coming to an end in our lives and new seasons that God brought into our lives, I'm inspired by this book. So we're going to read from Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 22. And it talks about the future glory of Israel. And as I said, Israel is here in exile, complaining that God has forsaken them. And the servant of the Lord arrives at the scene, and he proclaims, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see, they all gather together. They came to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall come, be carried on the, on, on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the seas shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall come to you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah uh, and all those of Seba shall come. They shall bring gold and Frankenstein and shall bring good news, the praise of the Lord. And the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams 
of Neoboth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. And it's just beautiful how God wants to restore and make them right, that He will beautify them, that He is bringing new life and He beautifies. Oh, and I get excited when I read this. Who are those that fly like a cloud and like doves to their windows? For the coastland shall hope for, shall hope for me, the ships of Tarsus, first to bring your children from afar, their silver and gold with them, for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because He has made you beautiful. Does that come up again? Who makes us beautiful? God makes us beautiful. And I love the people of God. Don't you just love the people of God? Man, they are beautiful, man. And it is God that makes us beautiful. Foreigners shall build up your walls, and their king shall minister to you. For in my wrath I have struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Your gates shall be open continually, day and night. They shall not shut. Oops. Whoops, what have I done now? Ha, there we go. That people may bring you, uh, to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in possessions, procession. For the nations and kingdoms that will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly laid waste. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you. The cypress, the plain, and the pine to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you, and all who despises you shall bow down at your feet. They shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. You shall suck the milk of nations, you shall nurse at the breast of kings, and you shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob." Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. And instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stone, iron. I will make your overseas, uh, your overseers peace and your, ta- your taskmasters, taskmasters righteousness. Violence shall no more be heard in your land. Devastation and destruction within your borders. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun shall be no more your light by day. Nor the brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light. And, the God, uh, and your God will be your glory. Your sun your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Who wants your days of mourning be ended? Oh my goodness. Your people shall be all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever, the bronze of my plant, planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. 
Can we just read that verse again? Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. Oh, and this is so beautiful. The bronze of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. It is time I will hasten it. Wow, Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word. And Lord, we're excited about your word. It inspires us. Man, our key verse today that I felt like the Lord is leading me to speak about is Isaiah 60 verse 1 that says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has come upon you. As I said, the book of Isaiah takes us basically to Isaiah where he talks about in Isaiah 6 about Israel that will be chopped down and God will use the Assyrians and the Babylonians to do it. And there will be a, a tenth of a, st uh, a stump be left. And then it says he will burn it again. But I think what is just really for me so when I think about that Israel sits here in Babylon. They feel like a burnt stump. It felt like God has forsaken them. And they felt like they're no nation anymore. They felt like there's no hope for them anymore. I mean, how many of us with COVID doesn't feel like our lives is a burnt stump? That is nothing left anymore. I mean, sometimes our finances feels like a burnt stunt. And there's no life in it. Our marriages sometimes feel like a burnt stunt that has come to an end and it feels like God has forsaken us. Just as Israel sit here in Babylon who has got nothing that they know around them, they ask the taskmasters, master, they've got taskmasters over them. Many times we feel like circumstances and things have burned down things in our lives. Maybe even your singlehood become to you like a burning stump. And every time over and over again, it feels like it burned again. But man, there's something that God wants to do. He wants to bring new life. Just like the holy seed started to sprint out of this this, this, this dead stump, God want to do something in the stumps of your life. He want to bring new life to it. I, I don't know if you remember that song that has been sung that says, out of beauty, he, out of our ashes, He brings beauty. Man, this, this reminds me of the stump that God want to do something. He has not forget about Israel. And He says, man, I want to do a new thing amongst you. And with the servant of the Lord arriving on the scene and who makes an announcement, it is that moment when something new is starting to happen in Israel. And we see Jesus when he's in the, he's in the synagogue and he opens up the scroll and he reads from Isaiah. He reads from Isaiah 61 and he says, These words is being fulfilled in your ears today. Oh my goodness. Does God want to shine His glory on your stump, in the dead things of your life. 
He wants to bring new life to it. Oh my goodness. Can you just see it? The, the, the new life coming from the deadness. From that what has been coming to an end. You know, many times our stumps, sometimes our failure of listening. Sometimes these stumps, just burn stumps, is because we don't pay attention to God's word. For how many years have God instructed Israel, warned them of judgment that will come so that they will repent? And they didn't repent. That it was necessary that they became a stump. And that God had to burn them again so that He can birth something new out of it. And many of our things in our lives, our dreams, our hopes that became a burned stump is because we don't pay attention to God. But God says it's not the end. It's not the end. I want to birth something new. May spring be a reminder for us. As we go out and we see the new blossoms starting to bloom. Man, God want to bring something new into our circumstances. You know, sometimes these burning stumps in our lives... It's because of circumstances. Things just that happen that we cannot describe. But it has killed our dreams and our vision. It has killed our hope. And for many of us, it might be even COVID. But sometimes, these stumps in our lives is the decisions of others as well. That has killed our hopes and dreams. That has stolen the hope that God is in control. But God wants to restore it. He wants to bring new life into it. And that brings me to our second point. When we read Isaiah 60 verse 1, it starts with these words, Arise and shine. Now Israel is here in, in exile. They're complaining. And they're moaning and mourning. And the first words that the, that the, that the servant of the Lord had to say to them is, Arise. If you want God to do something about the burn stumped in your life, you're going to have to respond to His command to arise, to stand up again. Because God wants you to see that you take faith again. He wants to see that you embrace new life. God called them to arise. Because He has hope for them. He wants to bring forth something new in their lives. But it's caused us to arise. And sometimes that arise means that I take responsibility. I own up. Because when God called Israel to arise, it means that they had to take account of their wrongdoings. 
And what has brought them to the place that they are. And to say, God, we choose to repent. We choose to take ownership of where we went wrong. And to arise is to deal and take ownership and accountability for what you've done wrong before God. And says, God, I am guilty. The fact that I'm sit where I'm sitting is because, God, I have messed up. Come and make a right. You know, I think that word arise, what really struck me about that word is actually, arise actually means that we have to humble ourselves. Arise actually means that we humble ourselves before God. Because the circumstances in my life, the times that I have neglected to listen and read my Bible and pay attention to my life, is a moment for me to say, God, I recognize that what you said is right. I recognize this in my life. And to arise is to say, God, I agree with you. I choose to agree with you. What you say about my life means more to me than anything else in my life. And therefore, arise means that we need to be able to humble ourselves. But to stand up and know that God has called us to arise. Israel could have stayed in that state of mourning and, and complaining. But God called them to stand up and arise and take ownership of their lives again. Sometimes we have to do hard things to arise. As far as week, my dear beloved mother, I don't know what is going wrong, but it felt like my relationship with my dear mother I'm like a burnt stump. I felt like, God, I need new life in this relationship. And as I was working on this, God says, I need you to arise. I need you to arise and pray for this relationship, to contend for it, to fight for it. I need you to call forth life out of this. And sometimes when our burnt stumps God is calling us to arise and take action and to take responsibility for what we can do. If you want to burn sums in your life to start to sprout out again, you're going to have to arise to the occasion. Because God is with you. A second word that is using is shine. God calls Israel and He says, arise and shine. Now, both of that is action words. It's verbs. It means we have to do something. You know, the old man in us, the nature is that we not normally want to arise and shine. We easily to go in a pity party. <laughs> And to feel sorry for ourselves. And to blame others for things around us. But God is saying, set that aside. Arise and shine. 
Now, if I can just tell you, those words, arise and shine, is a commission. If you want to change the burnt stumps in your life, you're going to have to act. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to do something. It's not going to happen by itself. God called you to do something about it. And God called us forth to shine. As we arise, we also need to shine. And I just... Uh, well, let me just get my glasses, then I will read better. Isaiah 58, verse 6 to 7. It's familiar to all of us. It's about the past that Isaiah has addressed. And I love this section about, is it not the past that I chose? To lose the bond of the wickedness. To undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to, sh to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? God called us to action. As He shines upon us, He wants us to shine. He wants us to shine to the world to those around us, and to touch the lives of those around us. If you want to change the burnt stumps in your life, if you want to bring forth the glory of God into your life, you're going to have to arise and start shining. I can tell you guys, uh, one of my best, best things in a week is Saturday mornings. Because on a Saturday morning, I get to spend time with people. That we disciple. Amen? It doesn't matter what my problems of the week was, but when I walk into that gate and I see my friend's face, something happens inside of me. It's like I forgot about my, 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 my troubles and all that is going wrong in my life. And I get excited for what God is doing. And when we shine, it takes the light of us and causes the light of Jesus. And, and it prioritizes others around us. And if we want to deal with dead stumps and burned stumps in our lives, it's going to cost that we have taken the eyes of ourselves and look around us. And are we becoming shining light to others? As I said, the old man in us doesn't really want to respond at all times. When Jesus says to us in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples, oh, <laughs> It becomes hard. It becomes hard to respond because the old man in us does not want to. But our new nature, our new nature is one that arise and shine. We are called to arise and shine because God wants to change a nations. He wants to change a world. He wants to birth a new kingdom. He wants to bring forth a new work amongst us. But it's going to cost us to arise and shine. All of us to rise and shine so that the others may be impacted. That they can see the dark stumps or the burnt stumps in their lives so that they can call forth hope over their dead stumps. Because what God has done for us all of these balloons that you have written on, you have given God honor and praise for things in your life. God wants to do that for others as well. 
But you need to arise and shine. Now, like every scripture in the Bible, where God has commissioned us, no matter if it was to Joshua, to Moses, no matter who he ever called, even Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus gives us a great commission, in all of that, in all of that, is a promise. When God asks you to rise and shine so that He can start a new work in your burned stumps, there's a promise with hold in it. And that is in verse 1. Oh, can you read that? There's this promise that when you arise and shine, that His glory is shining upon you. Now, I cannot describe it better than Isaiah in Isaiah 54, verse 10, where it says, For the mountain may depart, and the hills may be removed. Oh, let me start again. For the mountains may depart, and the hills be removed. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on us. Oh, God has compassion on us. Even in Matthew 28, 19, where He tells us to go and make disciples, we have this promise in verse 20 that says, I will never leave or forsaken you. When He told Joshua to take the land, He has the promise that I will be with you. When Moses had to go to Egypt, there was the promise, Moses, don't be afraid, I am with you. And all across the Bible, even with Isaiah, who says, Lord, who am I? I cannot speak. And the Lord touches his lips and says, I am with you. When God called you to arise and shine, he says, I am with you, mighty man and woman. You are not alone. God has never called us to work with our burnt stumps alone. He has never left us with those burnt stumps. He has never left us alone with it. He has compassion upon us. And he says, man, I want to bring life into this. But you need to arise and shine because I am with you, mighty man. I am with you, mighty woman. I want to bring change into your life. I want to change your life. I want to establish my kingdom in your life. Because, man, I'm working on something far greater than the eye can see or the mind can imagine. And that is that there will be a day when there will be no mourning again. Where peace will be your taskmaster. Oh, my goodness, I'm looking forward to that day. That day when Jesus will arise and announce that He has come to establish His new kingdom. But, man, He has started already. That new work has started when he arrived on the scene and he pronounced and he proclaimed in the synagogue that these words has been fulfilled into your eyes today. The day when Jesus died on the cross for us, he announced new life. He has announced that your dead stumps do not need to be dead stumps anymore. 
When Jesus died on the cross, He has said, I had compassion on you. When Jesus spoke the last words, He says, oh Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Eli, 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 why have you forsaken me, my God? And Jesus was the only one who had to be forsaken so that we will not be forsaken. Do you know there will come a day I have a, a few scars on my hands and on my body. It wasn't a motorbike accident, but it was just me and my brother being silly. Silly, foolish decisions that we've made. I got cuts and bruises all over me for the years. You know what? There's going to come a day where my body will be transformed. And I will have no scar anymore. A man, there will be one in heaven who will carry the scars of the nails on his hands. Who will carry the scars on his feet. On his head. And he did it all for us because he has compassion upon us. Oh my word. What makes me excited about the book of Isaiah, and this is where I'm going to end. Thanks, Natasha. This is where I'm going to end now. What makes me excited about the book of Isaiah is that God could have forsaken Israel, He could have left them to themselves, He could have left the nations to themselves. Man, this is His kingdom. You are His possession. He has made you. And therefore, He was willing to, to, to warn and even bring judgment to bring forth something new. What is willing, maybe this dumb stump this morning in your life, is because you have not even made right with God. Maybe your relationship with God today is a dead stump. But God wants to bring new life into it. Can I ask you to stand with me as we're going to pray? Oh Lord, we bring everything to you today, Lord. Those broken relationships with parents. That singlehood, Lord, that doesn't want to seem to end. And I'm asking you over and over, God, send me someone. Lord, maybe it's, it's my marriage. Lord, maybe it's my finances. Maybe it's my work, Lord. It looked like a dead stump before you. But Lord, I pray that you will birth courage in us today to take your word as it is, to arise and to start shining. Lord, you want to do a new thing. You want to do a new thing in our lives today. Lord, you want to do a new thing in the nation. You want to do a new thing in South Africa. Many times we look at our nation and we think, oh Lord, it's a burnt stump. But you have not seen the end of it. 
You have hope for South Africa. And you will birth new life for it, Lord. But of course, that we as a nation will start to rise and shine. Lord, bless the reading of your word. Lead and guide us in Jesus' mighty name. While every eye is still closed, if you are here and your relationship with God feels like a burned stump, and you feel like there's no hope, and you know that you need to make right with God, well, while every eye is shut, I'm going to ask you to start arising. And can I ask you to start with a decision today? And that decision is, can I ask you to raise your hand and say, Tiam, pray with me. If there's any of us, now's the moment to raise your hand and say, Tiam, pray with me. Because my relationship with God, thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. See those hands, thank you. Lord, we come. We pray for our brothers, praying for our sisters. Lord, we pray that those dead sons will come alive right now. Because you have died and it just starts with us arising and saying, Lord, today I make right with you. Lord, today I choose you above all. Lord, come into my life. Part of that is, Lord, today I acknowledge my wrong. And I ask for your forgiveness. Come and make right, Father. Birth new life. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.